Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No doubt, Jesus was exhausted after these last paragraphs and pages in Matthew. After months of traveling and being on the road after the rejection at Nazareth, now he hears the news about the execution of John the Baptist. Jesus is desperate for some downtime to be alone with his thoughts and in prayer to God, to grieve and to pray. And so he got into a boat and he leaves Capernaum. He goes to the other side of the lake to what he supposes will be a lonely and a desolate spot. But what does he find? The crowd from Capernaum can see him still in the boat and they follow him on the shore, and when they go to land, there they are. Now, Jesus doesn't see the crowd as some sort of a bothersome people. He sees them as friends and individuals. Matthew writes that he had compassion upon them. And instead of sending this crowd away, he heals their sick, he teaches them about the kingdom of God, and at the end of the day, they're alone in that desolate place and hungry. The disciples come and say, send them away back to the villages so they can find food for themselves. Jesus says, you feed them. He breaks the bread, distributes it, five loaves and two small fish. Everyone eats and everyone is satisfied. And as the sun is setting on our lesson for today, the crowd is happy and healthy and refreshed. Quite, quite unlike Jesus, who is still exhausted and looking for a little quiet time. So Jesus has a new idea. He puts his disciples immediately into the boat and he sends them back into the boat back to the other side of the lake at night this time, so they can't see him. He dismisses the crowd and then goes up onto the mountain for a little alone time in prayer time. In turn, his disciples, he makes them get back into the boat. Matthew suggests that the disciples may have been hesitant. They may not have wanted to get back into that boat because it was night. Jesus, or Matthew says, he immediately made the disciples get into the boat to go on to the other side. You see, the Sea of, the sea of Galilee is a beautiful place. And, and sea, sea is really a misnomer. It's not a sea. It's more like a lake. It's, it's, like, it's less than the size of Lake Moultrie. A good swimmer can swim from one side to the other, no problem. I can't do it. I said a good swimmer. It's surrounded by hills, snow-capped. Mount Hermon to the north. It's a magnificent setting. It's gorgeous. The problem is, as night falls, you get these cold currents of air coming crashing down off of these mountain slopes onto the water that's been heating in the sun all day. It's a great place for a storm. Little bitty micro storms. Disciples, six of them, being native fishermen, to this very lake, may have been looking around going, uh, 
This may not be the best idea to go boating at night on the Sea of Galilee, but they do what Jesus tells them to do anyway. Getting into the boat may have been the last thing that six, at least six of those 12 men wanted to do that night, but Matthew tells us that Jesus made them go and they went anyway. He dismisses the crowd. He finds himself a place of solitude. Meanwhile, as Jesus has been praying and meditating upon what has happened over the last couple of days, a storm does indeed develop. Now the disciples are in the middle of the lake battling this, the wind and the waves and this, this storm and they're fighting to stay afloat. One of them points out a figure hardly visible through the spray of the water and the blackness of the, of the night and their immediate assumption is that this is a ghost. Like, ah! Somebody walking on the water. I mean, I have to admit, I think it's funny that they jump immediately to a ghost, but would you have really expected to see Jesus walking on that water that night either? Probably not. They have heaped fear upon fear. The disciples are fearing for their lives, the strong wind, the powerful waves, and now an apparition. They cry out together in fear. And Jesus says to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Impetuous Peter then cries out, sort of a conditional statement, Lord, if it's you, it's like, I believe it's you, but I'm going to need some, I'm going to need some homework from you. If it is you, if it really is you, call me to come out under the water and I can come out under the water. Jesus is like, come on. He wasn't there very long, by the way. The water begins to overcome him. Again, he cries out in fear. Jesus reaches out and pulls impetuous Peter up. Jesus pulls Peter out of the chaotic water. He carries him safely under the boat, and the wind ceases. I love the way Matthew does this. All of these things going on, Jesus calms the storm, and Matthew's just like, oh yeah, and the wind ceases. Don't bury the lead. That night in the midst... In the Sea of Galilee, 12 men, hearts still pounding in fear, recognize that their teacher is just no ordinary man. Songs of praise sweep over the now still waters of Galilee, the sun again the Son of God once again has rescued his people. He's rescued them from their fear and their doubt and even from real physical danger. This true story, a true story about how God works in the life of his people. Now, it is a true story, but can also be seen a bit as a parable. It can be seen a, a bit about a parable uh, if we apply it unto ourselves, the church is a boat, a little boat filled with brave, sometimes frightened people, tossed about on a sea that we have no control over, frightened by winds that we have no control over. 
It's not easy for us to embrace that image. We don't usually think about the church as being a frail structure. Most, most churches are built to last. They're built out of sturdy stuff. Our own church is built out of cinder blocks and brick. I assume those to be iron I-beams that come across us that are hidden by those flimsy little wooden veneers. Those churches withstood great winds, hurricanes, more than one of them, and we're like, nah, it's fine, it's just a hurricane. Churches are built to last, especially in the low country. So what, when the faithful gather together for worship year after year, generation after generation, we see songs of praise that are sweeping out over the sea, or in our case, the swamp. It's still water, and we still sing. We'd like to think of the church as being a solitary place, a solid place, a sturdy physical building filled with people who are firm in their faith. And it is evident, even in, in Matthew's picture is accurate, the church seems more and more like a fragile boat, struggling to stay afloat. In a world that's filled with cults and enemies and liars and thieves bent upon our destruction, we're fraught with disappointments. The island of life being tossed about fiercely by wind and waves, doctrine, unbelievers. But into this picture comes Jesus. Jesus himself, who enters into the waters of dangerous humanity, walked upon those waters, triumphed over those waters, felt the full force of the spray of fists and spittle upon his face, the whips and thorns upon his head and upon his back. Jesus knows the danger. He knows the danger we face. He's faced it himself. He knows the hardship. He knows the disappointment. And yet, he comes to join us on our walk. Long before, many times, long before we can actually see him, he's already there. He's already begun to come to us. That doesn't necessarily mean that the storm is going to just immediately cease like it does in Matthew's story. It doesn't mean that all you got to do is keep your eyes on Jesus and everything's going to be okay and you won't sink down into the waves like Peter did. That's not what we're getting at at all. Our storm may continue, and our storm may continue for quite some time. But through the spray and through the splashing of the waves, Jesus will be here calling you, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. We live in a sinful world. It's broken in, in countless ways. We serve a God in the midst of winds we cannot understand. We struggle with waves that we cannot avoid. We need a Savior. We need our Savior who accompanies us. We need our Savior to give us a push and a pull and a tug here, there, and everywhere. In this true story of Jesus walking on the waves, walking in the midst of the storm, and also within this parable of us too walking through the wind and the waves and the storms of life, Matthew wants us to experience this storm. He wants us to realize that Jesus doesn't always come and take away the hardship. 
As long as we live on this earth, we're going to encounter problems. We're going to encounter issues. We're going to be disappointed. Things are not going to work out the way we want them to every time. But in the midst of those storms, Jesus promises that he'll be there. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Our boat might be small, and the wind may be great, and the waves may be fierce, but we are far from alone. Our God walks with us every single day, every hour. Our Lord comes unto us and says, do not be afraid. Take heart. It is I. In Jesus' name. Amen.